for some reason, I just decided I wanted to go whole hog and jump straight to the marathon. And probably now I would have listened. That wasn't probably the smartest thing to do. This one's radio episode 1196 starts in three, two. Welcome back to Diz Runs Radio, where I talk with runners from all corners of the running world about running, life, and everything in between. I'm your host, Denny Cray, and it's just about time to head out the door for an easy run and a great conversation. So if you're ready, then I'm ready. Let's get started. Hey, uh, real quick before we dive into today's episode of the show, today's episode is sponsored by the plans that I have available on the Final Surge coaching platform. I don't talk about these very often, but they are available. They're they're generic. They're one size fits all. I, I get it. And y'all know where I stand on those. That said, I totally understand that not everybody is is ready and, and wanting to work with a proper coach, myself or others. Um but maybe, you know, this can be a good launching off point to have have a little framework, get a little something something, and then remember to tweak it and adjust it and make it your own. I've got I've got, I don't know, six, seven, eight plans, something like that available, different, different focuses, different foci, 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 uh, in terms of half marathon training plans, heart rate training plans, things like that. Um, so, you know, and it's something that I keep fleshing out. I keep adding a little bit more here and there. Um, and so if that's something that might be useful to you, they're, they're all heart rate focused. Some of them are a little bit more mafetone method. Some of them are a little bit more just heart rate, uh, general, general heart rate information, uh, and kind of a, a sample build for a heart rate training program. Um, but if that's something that might be interested to you, there, I think the most expensive one is $20. There's a bunch that are like 15, something like that. Uh, just depends on duration and kind of exactly what we're working towards. But if that's something that might be useful to, to you, something that you think might be helpful for you, uh, give, give, go ahead and check it out. It's disruns.com slash plans. P-L-A-N-S is the link. And it'll take you over to the final surge platform, which again, it's the platform I use as, as a coach. Um, it gives you all the calendar and the workouts and the schedule and things like that. And of course you can always tweak it and adjust it and make it your own as well. Um, but if that's something that might be useful for you, and like I said, I don't talk about it very often, but they're available. Check them out. Disruns.com slash plans. And now without any further ado, let's go ahead and dive in to today's episode of the show. Hey y'all. Uh, today's guest and I have a fair bit of overlap in our Venn diagram, though our, our Venn diagram is definitely not a perfect circle, but I, I feel like that, you know, a little bit of overlap, not always a, everything exactly in line, that, that has a good formula for a good conversation. So uh, today's guest is a running coach. He's a proponent of running easy most of the time, which, you know, you might have heard me talk about that once or twice. He's also an orange mud guy, which, uh, you know, I mean, I clearly, I, I that two peas in a pod right there as far as orange mud is concerned. Um, and you know, those are just a few of the topics that, uh, we may discuss today. We'll probably discuss them today and who knows what else we'll get to, but I'm looking forward to seeing where the, today's conversation takes us. So, uh, let's get this party started by officially welcoming, uh, Mr. Gerald Collins to the show. So thanks for joining us today, Gerald. Really appreciate it. Thanks. Glad to be here. Yeah. Looking, looking forward looking to the conversation. Forward to, yes, absolutely. Looking forward to it. And, uh, y'all, if you enjoyed today's conversation, kind of want to connect with Gerald, find out more about what he's got going on, things of that nature. Uh, run rev coaching.com is the, is the website run R U N rev R E V coaching, just like it sounds like it should be spelled. Uh.com again is the website, uh, Instagram and, and Facebook, same handle in both or the same URL is also works for the handle and in Instagram and Facebook at run rev coaching. And again, uh, the, both places, no, no dashes, no underscores under that stuff. Uh, he's also got more of a personal, but still kind of a running, 
uh, Instagram at coach underscore run rev underscore Collins. That's Instagram only. So uh, all the places to connect with Gerald today, if you enjoyed today's conversation. Uh, and as always, we'll have everything linked up, social media handles, anything else we talk about today, links, photos, all the, all the things as per usual, disruns.com slash 1196, disruns.com slash 1196. We'll get you back to the show notes for today for all the links from today's conversation. So Gerald, the way we always uh, start out each episode of the show uh, is with a very simple question. Sometimes it's an easy one to, to answer. Sometimes it's an easy answerable question. It's, it's an easy askable question, one way or the other. Uh, but it always gives plenty of, of fodder and, and usually about a half a dozen follow-up questions during the, the response. Uh, so it's a great place to start the chat. And it's just to simply ask, what is your favorite distance to race and why? My favorite distance is actually the half marathon. And the reason being is I like trying to run long. I tend to be a slower runner. So I like to see how far I can push. I like to see how far I can make the body endure and suffer, so to speak. (laughs) (laughs) And the reason I like the half is because I'm like the five K and the 10 K and I've raced them and I can race them. And they're nice because, you know, if you're just don't have a lot of time to train they don't take a lot of training time, but, Mm -hmm. but they also take a lot of intense training time. And when you're racing a five K and a 10 K you're hurting, Mm -hmm. you're in the pain cave and you're in the pain cave for almost the entire time. Whereas the, half marathon you're you're definitely hurting and you're definitely in that pain cave but it's a little bit of a easier it's more of a challenge but it's easier to train for if you've got a family and you've got a lot of other activities a full-time job outside the half marathon is nice because it does require some time but it doesn't require hours upon in on a weekend to get those long runs in versus the, when you start getting up to the marathon there's no skipping training on the marathon if you don't train for a marathon you're going to suffer and you might even come home with a few injuries you just can't shortchange a marathon and beyond. Whereas that half marathon is a, is a nice phrase where you've got the challenge, but you've also got the ability to train and still have a life outside of there most of the time. Yeah, that's that's totally the, the case and, and uh, something that, that I feel like, I don't feel like, I mean, I don't have the stats to back it up, but I, I would be, I, I, I can say pretty firmly that the half marathon is uh, the number one uh, answer, you know, if we were playing family feud, the half marathon, number one on the board for, uh, the, the answer to that question. And I don't know that certainly not every time, but a lot of times it's that same thing that comes up where it's just, you know, it's a good challenge. It's a good distance. It, it, it feels good to, to have get, gotten out there. It's, it's a good sense of accomplishment, no matter where you are in your running journey, but it's just, you know, just the, from the time factor, it's not, it, it, it's always that joke, at least, I don't know, maybe not always, but I, I feel like there's often a joke about marathon and half marathon and the half marathon is not like, it's not half of a marathon in any sense other than mathematical, but the training, it's not half. I feel like the effort, it's not half like it, marathon is, is a beast. And so the half marathon, it just, it just slides into life a little bit better. Exactly. Like you said. Exactly. And that's also why I'm a half fanatic as well. There you go. And if you try to do that challenge, it's, I did four, in 2016 when I qualified, I did three half marathons within 90 days. And then in 2019, I tried to qualify for the Marathon Maniacs and make a dual, dual status. And the trails there in Eagle Ridge, Indiana, ate me up alive and spit me out and cost me my qualifications. I uh, had the Flying Pig Marathon, a, my first 50K, and then I missed the cutoff for the second loop on the marathon there on the Eagle Ridge Trail by 20 minutes. Oh, man, that's brutal. That's brutal. I'm, I'm looking forward to digging into some of some of those stories. And, and uh, certainly, uh, you know, I don't know, like I said, I don't know exactly where else this is going to go, but 
Uh, let's let's start a little bit uh, farther back on the timeline. Where'd you get started with with running, Gerald? Is it something that's been uh, you know a long term, lifelong thing? Is it something that started? I mean, obviously you can do the math on when you became a half fanatic in America. It hasn't been just a couple years, but but where'd you dip your toes in the running water for the first time? Now that's an interesting story. I actually did not run when I was in high school. Didn't run through college. I got out of college. Remember going to church one Sunday and listening to a friend of mine pastor talk about how he was training for a marathon. He's running a marathon. I'm going, man, I'd love to do that someday. Just never saw myself as a runner. And then in about 2011, my mother who had breast cancer when she was in her forties had it reoccur. Mm. And she fought that for about a year and a half. Her tumor markers were going down for all intent and in purposes. We kind of thought she was improving, although in hindsight, it was a little bit of a denial. Mm. She went in for her chemotherapy the last week of April on a Wednesday. The look at her says, nope, we're done. Um, you need to go over to the ER. She went to the emergency room. On Thursday, she met with the hospice team. On Friday, she notified me of what was going on, and that was a total shock. It, it shouldn't have been, but it was, and it sort of came out of left field. And then, so she notified me on Friday. By Saturday, she was down to maybe four or five sentences at a time. By Sunday, she was using three-word sentences. And by Monday, she was catatonic and passed away Monday night. And so I'm a mama's boy, mm. always have been, real family-oriented. And that hit me hard. Mm-hmm. It just caught me out of left field. And I went into a real severe depression and spiral. And I just was not in a good, dark place. I mean, it was just, and my wife looked at me and said, listen, I love you, but if you don't do something to get out of this funk, I can't take it. You're miserable to live with because you're just miserable. So I knew I could, I always could, when I exercise, I was a walker and I could pull off a 15 minute pace on a walk, nothing flat to get my heart rate up. It was always hard. I mean, I always had to do a huge, heavy walk to get my pace up. So I thought, you know what? I'm both training to run a 5k. Gets me out of the house, gets me doing something, gets me active. Mm-hmm. And so I started training for a 5K. I found an, a plan on active.com, started off with a four-week plan to learn to run one mile, took, you know, and then took after that four weeks, looked at it, okay, the next spot is an eight-week plan to l- run my first marathon. Let's see where what races line up in eight weeks from now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's literally how I picked my first 5K. It's like, okay, I've got an eight-week plan. What's eight weeks from now? Right. And it just so happened it fell the first week in August. There happened to be a wonderful little German Fest picnic 5K here in Dayton. And that's how I started. And I will never – it's been almost 12 years now in this coming May because I started in May of 2012. Mm-hmm. And along that journey of learning to run and preparing for the first 5K – I connected with the local running community here in Dayton and between the exhilaration of how I felt crossing my first 5k and the actual love and support and just friendships I found in that first summer of running here, I fell in love with running. Wow. Wow. And then I just started with from there and just progressed on on a more 5ks and 10k. And oddly enough, Although I put my half marathons, we said at the beginning, as my favorite race, I never ran my first half marathon ever as a race until after I finished my first marathon. Oh, okay. That's we'll stick a pin in that. I want to I want to come back because, um, 
I, there's been a few folks, and I've, I'm I'm guilty as well. I, I ran my first marathon after running nothing but a 10K, and that was a, a dumpster fire. Uh, we, we don't need to get too deep into, into my story. People have heard that <laughs> enough times. Um, but uh, I'm, I'm curious, and we can go into this if you want, Gerald. If you'd rather just kind of gloss over it, just you know, say the word, and we'll move on. Um, but I have to I have to assume that that first 5K, um, because of the circumstance and because of the rationale for getting into running, had to be pretty darn emotional. It was, but honestly, the marathon was more emotional because mm. I actually dedicated my first marathon to her. Okay. And so, it, yes, it was emotional, and I think it was part of it. And it was just like my first, the first time I ran a mile, I was talking to people, but it it was. And, and that's also why I fell in love with running, because it helped me deal with those emotions. It was, for me, it was helping me get out of that, out of that funk. Mm. But yeah, the, the marathon was even more emotional for that reason. Because although I started racing to get out of the funk for her, that marathon is specifically dedicated to her and actually had her name placed on the road as we run through a town with the Air Force Marathon with my very first one. You run through a little town called Fairborn, Ohio. And at the time, they, the community comes out and they celebrate, but they also would put names on the street of those who you were dedicating your race to. So running through that town and seeing her name on that street and just seeing that just brought tears to my eyes. I was just so emotional. And the other reason why it was so emotional for me and why running was so inspirational was my mother was legally blind from birth. Mm. And she had a, a disease called coloboma that actually she inherited from her father. And oddly enough, she gave it to me as well. I was lucky enough that it only affected really the vision primarily in one eye, so I still have one eye that's actually really decent vision. But all growing up, my mother instilled in me the attitude of, don't say you can't, find a way to do what you want to do. And so to be able to now be running at that point, the marathon, some things that most people see as impossible, I never thought I could do, and then dedicating it to her and the inspiration of not only just her memory, but the ability to, to the ability that she taught me that don't just think you can't do something. If you want to do something, find a way to do it. Mm-hmm. It may be difficult. It may not be easy, but if there's a way, find it and, and work for it and work hard for it. And so that was kind of the, the way she lived her life. And that's the way she taught me to live my life. And growing up, I remember I used to meet with the Ohio Bureau of Vision here in Ohio and they'd be like, going, well, what can't you do? And I'm like, I don't know. I don't sit around and think about what I can't do. I sit around and think what I can do. Yeah, and I, mean, I used to get so frustrated as a kid. Yeah, for sure. That's that's a that's a good attitude. And and um, I mean, man, what a what a great lesson from from your mom to just be like, yeah, you know, like everybody's got challenges, and you know, figure it figure it out, figure out a way a solution. So, um, how long after that first? You may you may have mentioned it, and I missed it. And if if so, I apologize. But how long after that first five k after your first kind of dipping your toes into into running? Um, was that marathon? It was 13 months. Okay. Um, so I finished. No, go ahead. Sorry. So I finished the first 5K in October of 2012, and then I crossed the finish line in the marathon in September of 2013. Okay. Um, all right. So, so the, the, I guess this is the easiest question or, or the worst question. I don't know. Maybe the most obvious question in terms of, of uh, podcasting and running podcasting. Um, 
but why, why skip the half marathon to run the marathon? Like, like, you know, and maybe it's just one of those, you don't know any better because that's pretty much what I did. I, I totally underestimated the distance. And, and again, like I said, dumpster fire as a result. Um, but, but was it, was it, a, I guess maybe was it a conscious choice or, or why, you know, why did you climb the ladder so quickly? You know, honestly, I asked myself the same thing and really for some reason, I just decided I wanted to go whole hog and jump straight to the marathon. And probably now I would have listed that wasn't probably the smartest thing to do. <laughs> right. But I look at it as like, well, I've got a good nine months to train. I might as well just start training and go all in and just complete the, the big picture. But the real reason was there was no real reason. I just decided I wanted to do the marathon and I jumped straight to the marathon. <laughs> go well you, you, again you, you like it, it worked out better than it worked out for me because i had about five months to train and i was like i don't need five months to train um and yeah so having nine months to train knowing you have nine months to train and actually doing some work for those nine months um certainly sets you up for a better race and and again i mean we kind of touched on it a little bit it was pretty pretty emotional for all all the reasons that make all of the sense in the world but from a from a preparedness standpoint from a running standpoint specifically um how did that race go well, that race was very well. It still stands, oddly enough, as my marathon PR. But that race was also a challenge that I learned the dangers of wet feet on. Mm. It went well. I actually had a good pace for the first 10 miles. But it had rained the night before. And so I decided I was just going to be a kid and just start <laughs> running through water puddles on the course. Remember, I had only been running a year. I didn't know any better. Mm -hmm. And so as I ran through those water puddles... I got wet feet. Wet feet and long distance running are not exactly the best friends. Right. And so probably around mile 10, I started developing the most humongous blister ever. And I managed to keep running through mile 16. And at mile 16, I, I just tapped out for a second, went over to the medical tent and had to get some mole skin. And so for the remaining 10 miles, I did a combination of run walk where I'd run as long as I, my feet could stand it. And then I'd have to walk to get a little relief from that blister and run, run, walk, run, walk. And I just basically alternated back and forth for the last 10 miles of that marathon. But I made it in and I was a little painful, but I made it in and I made it in just under five hours. Nice. Nice. That's uh, man, that's again, you talk about lessons learned and, and, you know, I, I, I'm a big proponent, maybe not for everyone, but, but I really enjoy running in the rain and especially like I, I live in the South now. So, um, you know, when we lived in Florida, you get those afternoon thunderstorms. Like that was the, that was the time. It, hopefully the thunder wasn't too, it didn't bring too much lightning, but that was the time to just sneak out for a couple of miles um, and, and do exactly what you did. Just be the kid, splash through the puddles, just embrace it. Cause you were getting soaked cause it was just coming down in buckets, but that's only for a couple of miles, not for, uh, you know, the better part of, of uh, 26 and yeah, the 26 miles on wet feet is uh, not for the faint of heart for sure. That's exactly it. Like and even now, I, I don't mind running in rain. I, I, I pretty much will run in everything. Well, I used to have run everything but lightning. Thanks to this past May, I can also <laughs> even run in lightning thanks to the Flying Pig Marathon. Yeah, yeah. I uh, I don't know. I, I got to say this not too loud so my wife doesn't hear, but uh, I, I have an unhealthy, a, a borderline dangerous lack of fear of lightning. Like I, I just, I, sh I know better. I should do better, but I'm just like, yeah, you know, what are, what are the odds? What are the odds? You know, like, you know, all it, exactly. takes is, all it takes is once though. And then all of a sudden things aren't good for you, but shifting, shifting gears from that a little bit. So you run your first marathon ahead of, ahead of the first half marathon. Um, when, when does, when does the half marathon come into, into play? And, and I guess maybe the question is, um, and maybe it's hard to know cause you can't compare otherwise, 
but I have to feel like after having a pretty pretty good first marathon, I mean half marathon is still a challenge, but like all of a sudden like, well, this isn't this isn't that big of a hurdle compared to the hurdles I've already gone over. You know that race the question I didn't even think about till it got on here. I know when I ran the next half marathon, but I'm actually trying to remember if that was my first mm. or if I, I the very next year I came back to the Air Force and I can't believe that would be my okay, I'm talk I can't believe that that might that might have been my first but no, that's right. I think I ran one before that. Anyway, reason I'm contemplating is the very next year after the marathon, I came back to the Air Force and did unofficially their now named Fly Fight Wind Challenge, where you run a 5K on Friday night, and then Saturday morning you run the 10K, and then immediately after the 10K, you go back out for the half marathon. And that was also the year that I was really heavy into biking, so I biked to the Air Force Marathon as well. So I got up, I went 5K Friday night, Saturday morning got up and biked 14 miles to the race start, ran a 60-minute all-intense 10K, Basically, since it wasn't an official race, I'd had to go over to the back check, check my bags, change my shirt, change my bib, go back out, cross the start line, and complete a full marathon and complete a half marathon. And that was the very next year. And I'm trying to think here if there was another, if I had another half marathon before that one, even. Man, I almost, I almost, said I hope you would because that that's that's <laughs> a heck of a way to to run your first half marathon. And you know, I. Can't, but it may, it may that may have been my first half marathon wow well regardless we, all right so so you know as as has been hap, has been known to happen here more than more than occasionally somebody answers a question with something that comes to me comes straight out of left field i had no idea and so i gotta dig into this a little bit um obviously like that's 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 one of those challenges i feel like that that sitting here where i am today you know having however many thousands of miles that I've run over the last, you know, 10, 15 years. Like, I'm like, that sounds like a fun challenge, very much doable, but like, you know, like I could, I could, I could be up for that type of challenge. Um, but I'm, I'm guess I'm curious, you know, for, for you at that point, a couple years into your running journey, not only to like do the challenge, but to do a challenge that isn't an, even an official challenge yet. Like, like where did, where did that seed get planted? If you can remember back. Yeah. I- I honestly don't, I think there was, there were some other people that liked to do it as well. Mm. And it was just the, the challenge of seeing if you could complete all three races. Right. And it actually was pretty popular because about five years ago now, they actually made it an official challenge where you only had to deal with one bib for mm. all of Saturday's events. Right. I think it was a lot of people. They just wanted to, especially if you've, you're kind of into in seeing what you can do. It's the same type of people that love the dopey challenge mm-hmm. and for Disney, just, Seeing what you can what what you can make your body do. You know, it's like I may mean, may not be fast, but I can stay out there, right. and I can persevere and keep going. Yeah. And it was also and it's also the challenge where I learned the dangers of getting the dangers of stop start racing when you are already on tired legs. Mm. All right. Well, we, we you can't you can't team me up like that and then expect me to just like move on to the next thing. So. Um, <laughs> Let's let's unpack that a little bit. So, so just for for those that that maybe aren't quite sure, stop start racing. What are, what are we talking about there? Is it like a run walk interval or is something different? Well, for me it was, but it was a forced run walk interval. Okay. Because what happened? Remember I said it was unofficial and you had to go change mm-hmm. shirts and everything. Uh, right. Well, 
it's one hour in between the 10, at that time it's one hour between the 10k start and the half marathon start. I completed that 10k in exactly 60, 60 minutes. So I had just enough time to go over change shirts. By the time I got back out, pretty much the entire half marathon and marathon pack of runners had already started. Mm. And as we always tell people, and we, we, I love people that respect it. You know, they, you line up, which, what your pace is. So, you know, you're not getting trampled over and people not trying to trample over you in the back of the pack is usually where you find your walkers and no fault of their own. They were doing what they should have done. Mm -hmm. They are, they were walking, they started the back. So they weren't getting run over, but that also meant that now I'm coming out of a 10 K with tired legs and I'm running up on a bunch of people who are now basically walking in the back of the pack and I'm having to get around them. Well, a lot of times they were just having fun with their friends and great, Mm -hmm. but the whole entire road is blocked. So, I mean, I had to, stop and find an air, find a way and to get around them. Then I'd start running, get, get running again. And then I would have to find an, uh, hit another group of people that were just sort of doing their thing and they'd be basically blocking the path and I'd be stopping. And after about five miles of constantly starting to run again and then hitting a, a roadblock from a people who were where they were supposed to be, you know, mm-hmm. they get up and I'm behind the pack. Mentally, it was just after being 14 miles on the bike and six miles of intense running and then five miles more of just that stop and start the stop and the start. Mentally, I wasn't prepared for that. Right. And my body is like, okay, we're done running for the day. We're just going to walk the rest of this way. And, and so I joined the walkers and pretty much walked the, re- the remainder of that half marathon because mentally I was just gone from the stop, start, stop, start, stop, start, stop, start. Yeah. I mean, I, oh, like to, and to your point, nobody's doing anything wrong here. Um, exactly. But man, that, that, that would be frustrating because they're not expecting anybody coming up behind them. So they're not worried about blocking the, the, the road or whatever. And, and man, yeah, I can, I can see that being, you know, you're trying to get out there and, and, and yeah, you lose your momentum, you lose your, you lose your, you know, you kind of your cadence and your, your, your groove that you're in. And then you got to try to refine it. And Lord knows that's, that's, that's a, that's an uphill battle for sure. And that's exactly. So that was when I learned that I learned how beneficial and how important a proper mindset is to success, not just physical training. Because yeah. if you, you can physical train all day long, but if you're not mentally prepared for the challenges, things like the half marathon, the marathon are going to throw at you, you're going to have difficulties from those problems. Yeah, for sure. So the, and, the mental prep. Yep. No, go ahead. Go ahead. I, I love talking about yeah, mental stuff. Yeah. So please dive into it. Okay. Yeah. So that was the beginning of the understanding that, Mental preparation is just as important and sometimes I think even more important than physical preparation <laughs> because it's so overlooked mm-hmm. by so many runners that, you know, the things that can come up and being mentally prepared for, what do I do with this and how do I mentally prepare for that and how do I mentally, and sometimes it's just understanding that it's not my day and being okay with the fact that I need to fall back to my plan B and my plan C because this just isn't a good day for me. It, it got harder than I thought it was going to get. And now I'm having to slow down because of the heat. Or I'm having to take on extra water. And I didn't plan to being out here for three hours. I only plan on being out here for two. And now all of a sudden I'm, I'm running out of water. And it sounds like those are physical, but they're also mental because if you don't think about those kinds of things ahead of the race, what am I going to do and how am I going to prepare for that? When it happens, you're basically in trouble because you don't have a plan. Right. One thing that I've, I've, maybe learned over the years. Maybe I've, I've heard it one or two places, um, probably a little bit of both, but I feel like, and, and I, I think this is exactly what you're saying. And I, and I love that you bring this up. Um, 
it's easy or, or, you know, we, we talk, when we talk about visualization and things like that, um, at least in the terms of running, I feel like we're, we're, we're typically, and certainly how I would kind of do it when I'd kind of half, half bake my, my visual pre-race visualizations and whatnot, but it was always like ideal scenario. So it's like, all right, I get to this point in the race and I'm feeling good and I'm feeling strong. And then we go here and then I'm executing this and like, you know, kicking to the finish line and yada, yada. And like, like, you know, whatever visualization or mental preparation that I would do was always for either the, the ideal scenario, or at least, uh, things are going pretty good. And like, let's finish this race strong scenario. And, and I feel like, you know, it's not like I want to bring about the, the bad juju by like anticipating things that could go wrong, but I almost feel like that's where the mental training is more, at least for me has been more helpful because when something goes sideways, which it doesn't always do, but Lord knows it happens more, more often than anybody would like it to. Um, like to your point, Gerald, having, having some sort of plan or how am I going to adapt if a happens and then we switch to B or, or whatever the case might be. Um, because Lord knows the first few times that that would happen, something would go a little bit sideways, have a little, you know, whether it's a tummy issue or a little niggle pop up or whatever, and I don't have a plan for it. And almost to your, to like what happened in your half marathon there, where it's just like mentally, I couldn't keep going. And it's just like, all right, well, I guess we're just walking this in because I wasn't prepared for how difficult it might be mentally. Exactly. That, that, that's exactly it. Yeah. And I finally, finally did check. Yeah. That oddly enough, I didn't realize that was my first half marathon. Hmm. You a sucker for a good challenge. Let's run a marathon before we've done done anything close to that, and let's do a half marathon as part of a three race challenge for our first half marathon. I I like it. I like it. So like I said, I, I like challenges. Yeah, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. So you you come out of these these first couple of big races, you know, the first marathon, and a year later you do this this unofficial challenge. Um, and and you you mentioned there towards the beginning, not to not to press fast forward too much, but. You know, you start enjoying a good challenge and, and, you know, nothing like a good challenge of running, running a certain number of races in, you know, a, a short and truncated period of time, which is, you know, for those that know a little bit about the, the half fanatics and the marathon maniacs is, is, you know, there's different levels of it, but that's what it's all about. How many half marathons can you run in a, in a certain amount of time? How many marathons can you run in a certain amount of time? Um, when did, when did those challenges, obviously you started with the half marathon, half fanatics. When did, when did that idea kind of come across your radar as something that like, this is a challenge that I want to, I want to take on as well. It probably would have been about a year. It was, I completed it two years after this little challenge I did. So somewhere probably around two, 2015, I would have found out about the half fanatics and began planning to make my venture to qualify. Because if I qualified in 16, that I know I definitely was making the plans in 2015. So somewhere between 14 and 15, and honestly, I don't remember when, I came across them, discovered them, and started making the plans to attack and qualify as a half fanatic. So then that was like I said, it was 2016, and the very so my very first race in that series was the Flying Pig Half Marathon. That was I think my yeah that was my first time at the Flying Pig for, for the half marathon. And then the, the third in the series, which was pretty much exactly six weeks after that, mm-hmm. was a little local half marathon put on by the Boy Scouts, and it was actually a pretty simple course and. You just sort of ran out what was one north, one direction, following the course that the 5Ks and the 10Ks were going, got about the turnaround spot for the 5K, came back, and instead of stopping, you went, got to go south on the past the start line, <laughs> south the other direction, to front of another turnaround point and come straight back and finally finish. So it's kind of it's always fun to 
go right past your finish line and go, well, I'm not done. I got to <laughs> just run away from the finish line and come back to it. I'll tell you, I'll tell you when that situation is not fun, Gerald, it's when you're uh, running a marathon and you're not mentally prepared for having to run past the, the finish line by, you know, whatever, about two or three miles down and then having to come two or three miles back. You go, wait a second. Like I, I I'm at 21 miles and I just want to stop here. Um, Cause I've, I've been on that, that scenario. And yeah, it's, it's, yeah. it's, it, and I was again, back to the mental preparation, not prepared. Didn't realize that was the case. I was just like, Oh, it's, a, it's basically an out and back marathon. Like, okay, you know, we'll, we'll make it work. And it was like my third or fourth marathon. So I was still, still figuring things out a little bit and man, I'm coming back looking at my watch going, something's not adding up here. And then you get to the finish line. It's like, no, just keep going. And it's like, Oh no, not fun. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So you, you get the, 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 um, half fanatics, you, you, like you said, you're trying for the marathon maniacs and it didn't quite work out, uh, but still embracing challenges, still looking for, for new things to do and new ways to push yourself, um, which brings us up a little bit more current time, I think, um, at least as we're fast forwarding through the timeline a little bit. Coaching, when did, when did, uh, when did some of the ideas of like, you know, I've, I've been running, I enjoy running, um, maybe I can help some other folks out as well. When did, when did that all start to come together? That actually started coming together as an idea last year uh, I had been not only am I with Orange Mud love that company they're just as you know they're not only just a company but they're a great family for the ambassadors in the behind but I also had joined a uh, and came across the training group called 8020 Endurance it was originally founded by Matt Fitzgerald and he brought on David Warden and the basic premise behind the plan was and I started running with them in 2018 using their plans was, as you know, it's 80% at low intensity and 20% at moderate to high intensity running. Mm -hmm. And when I first came across that style of running, I started off using the heart rate training, which I know you're a fan of. And just the change that that made in how I ran, running running more by duration. So if I went out Mm -hmm. for a run for the day, okay, I'm going to go out for a 50-minute run, not go out for a set amount of mileage and just the whole mindset of saving the body with the easier running for, and I promise there's a, there's more behind this, Mm -hmm. (laughs) saving the body for that 20% using that lower intensity for the majority of your running to keep that aerobic baseline going and then saving your intensity for that 20% made such a dramatic improvement in my running. It just, the running, the mindset, I've been doing the challenges, but knowing that, okay, whether if I'm having a bad day, I'm just being a little tired or whatever. Okay, I'm running a little slower today, but I'm still going to run at 80, you know, at for 50 minutes. Mm-hmm. It wasn't so much focused in on, okay, I've got to run exactly three miles. Well, okay, I'm, my goal is to run for 50 minutes, whether that's 2.9 miles or 3.2 miles. I'm running 50 minutes at whatever pace feels good right. for today. So that made such a dramatic change in myself that I wanted to join when they first came across as an ambassador, one of their ambassador team. And when they started their initial ambassador team, I joined. And then thanks to them that introduced me to their newest adventure, their Coaches of Color initiative. But as I began to interact with Matt and David, and since I was an ambassador, we were on actual calls with Matt mm-hmm. and David and having a face-to-face with these founders, they decided they were going to start a coaching certification class. Well, I was already in love with 8020. I'd put it to use in my training. I knew the benefits of it. And now it's probably about 10 to 11 years into my running journey. 
I've always been someone who loves to help others, loves to teach. I basically was even an undergraduate teaching assistant in college. It's just one of the things I love to do. Well, coaching seemed like, hey, you know, this makes a great thing. For, this is a great way for me to give back to this running community that's given me so much the last 10 years, so many friends, so many adventures, so many experiences that, you know, there's bound to be other people out there like me who just want that they need someone to help them along their journey. And so I said, Hey, I'm going to jump on the bandwagon here, throw my hat in the coaching community, and I'm going to complete the certification course. And it was, it's wonderful. So that's when I decided in January this year to 2023, I started and began working as a coach. And currently I have one client and just watching her make a transformation has been amazing. And some of the things that I kind of thought all runners knew that I'd been doing since the beginning, I found out when I started interacting with more of the people on a one-on-one teaching course, hmm, I guess everyone doesn't know those things, things like simply warming up. You know, to me, I'd been doing it since the very beginning, just having a simple warm-up, and it was so basic, I just thought everyone knew it. And it's like, okay, lesson learned on the coach. Don't assume. Yeah. Make sure people know the basics. And just seeing her change, like, wow, this is making a huge difference. Not just jumping out of the gate full force, taking some time to warm up the muscles before I start. And just this past weekend, she completed a 5K and was running faster than she's ran in five years. And she's like, thank you. And I'm like, well, honestly, you're the one doing the work. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm helping guide you. I'm helping make, make this happen, giving you the guidance. But you wouldn't get there without your work. And she has just been dedicated and, and just hardworking at it. And I'm so proud of the accomplishments she's made. Yeah, that's awesome. And, and I, I certainly um, feel the same way when, when athletes that I'm working with, like have those breakthroughs and, and see that, that work really come to fruition. It's, it's uh, like, it's, it's, it's a good, it's a good feeling to have for sure. Um, and all, all, all credit going back to, to 80, 20, a little bit, all credit to, to Matt Fitzgerald in that book. I mean, I, I think I've read that book five or six times. It's, it's, I mean, it's literally sitting on my desk right now. I, I just happened to glance down at it just before we jumped on the call, Gerald. And I was like, Oh, convenient that the book is actually sitting here. It wasn't, it wasn't intentional. Um, but that was, that was my initial gateway into kind of the idea of, of slowing down, you know, which, you know, to my point or to, to what you said earlier for me, like it's certainly evolved into more of a, a firm, firmer heart rate training method, but one way or the other, I mean, running easy is, is, is what I'm all in on, but I, I guess where I'm, where I'm going with this and I'm, I'm curious, you know, when you, when you read the book or, or you got the, the first 80, 20 plan a while back, um, did it, did it come to you as counterintuitive? It certainly did to me a little bit. It took, it took me like reading and rereading and going, wait a second, like running slower might actually be helpful. Like it might actually help me build fitness and help me race faster. Like, like that, it just didn't, it didn't register with me. And if you go back in the archives of my website, I think there's even some posts going, if you want to run fast, you need to run fast. And I'm like, Oh, kind of cringe like that. That didn't age well. Um, but, but did, did you, did you have any kind of like reservations when you first came across this theory or were you just like, all right, if it's, you know, like this, this makes sense to me. How did, how did you first take it when you first heard about 80, 20? Well, when you, I would do, when you first you're like going, I don't really know, but okay, I'll give it a try. It just, it just was counterintuitive that you're spending so much of your time at easy running and you're like, how in the world am I going to get faster if I'm spending all this time slow, but well, okay, I'll trust it. 
And then I ran that fall, fall, I ran a local turkey trot on Thanksgiving Day after completing the very first cycle of it. And I said, my, I said a PR at that turkey mm. trot. I was like, well, hmm, I guess it does work. Yeah. And as I did it, I also realized I was initially kind of like, okay, I'm not sure. But as I went through the training profile, I realized, yeah, I'm not getting beat up as much. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm actually recovering better. You know, I don't feel like I'm getting beat up on the training cycle and I'm not spending days upon days of just constantly sore, constantly wore out. Yeah, after the hard workouts, they were a little harder, but it allowed me to actually put more energy into mm -hmm. the hard workouts so that I, it, I had more energy to give to that high intensity. And I knew that, okay, if I'm going to pound it out today and really give it my all, I know tomorrow or the next day I'm going to have a little easier running, which I'm still running, but I'm going to be able to recover better. So as I went through the training plan, I realized, you know, this is kind of nice because I'm not spending two or three days getting beat up and I'm not having to just push it all the time. I'm actually able to step back from these easy days and really recover and allow the body to not have such a hard time. Yeah, it's it's – it's one of those those philosophies, and again, whatever we're exactly talking about, whether it's math or eighty twenty or the various different type of heart rate philosophies, zones, all the different things that all kind of fall under that umbrella. Um, it's it's like you really do need to zoom out and see the whole big picture of how this this could potentially work. At least for me, before I really was like, oh, like I get it. Like I I, I kind of was like, I'll try it, uh, but very skeptical. Uh, but then yeah, like you're able to go harder in your hard workouts because you're not kind of to your point, beating yourself up a little bit. You're not going too hard on all these, all these easier runs. You build the, the aerobic fitness, you build the aerobic base and all the benefits and, 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 you know, physiological benefits and whatnot that go along with, with running easy. It's just like, and then once, once you see it in action, once, once the proof starts to become in the pudding, you're like, Oh, and, and what I love, and, and I'm curious if you've noticed this as well in the, in the four or five years that you've been kind of on this, this 80, 20 journey, um, is that like, it's a little bit slow to see, to see the, the real tangible progress, but the tangible progress just continues to build. Like there's, there, there really hasn't in my experience, at least in, in the six or seven years that I've been, you know, kind of really in on the heart rate training thing, there hasn't been any major drop-offs. It's just kind of slow, steady progress that just continues to build year after year, which, you know, I mean, I guess at some point I'm not saying it's a fountain of life and that, you know, I'll keep getting faster into my eighties and nineties, but like, man, it's, it's, it's a nice trajectory when you just like, it just kind of keeps building upon itself and, and, I don't know. Have you have you noticed similar type of, of things in yourself, Gerald? I have, and things that I basically things I thought would have been near possible to maintain, you know, where have been there. I, I agree with it. That's the that's the that's the one principle of it. I mean, that's the one great thing about it is it does allow you to build. And since it is a lot of the eighty twenty workouts, especially those that follow it, you know, it's just that it's. it's you're you're adaptable to where you're at so if you're having a bad day or a bad week a lot of stress okay your paces may come down but you're still able to adjust based on what's going on around you you know and it's been an amazing journey and now watching that watching the re now that the certification course mm -hmm. looking at the research behind it following some of the other greats in the field and in the studies of it you know, i've started off with heart rate and learned how to do the program with heart rate then I progressed on to using pace right. and then now about a year and a half ago, progressed on to sort of using by power. So I've used the 80, 20 principle using both the heart rate principles, the pace principles, the power principles, but the general principle is still the same. Mm -hmm. You run easy. Right. And where I think I see some people making mistakes, if you will call it that in 
80-20 principle is they get so locked into, well, I have to be running this exact amount. Well, mm-hmm. the point is easy. So right. if today, if, you're, if your heart rate says it's a little bit higher, but you're still a conversational, you still feel like you're easy, okay, one workout a little faster is not going to end you. It's the big picture. Mm-hmm. You're, you're just trying to keep it easy. And maybe that's an indication you need to reevaluate where your zones are at. Or the same thing if you're just like, okay, I should be able to run this workout in the heart rate zone of 140 to 150, but I'm just not feeling it today. You know, I'm just not feeling good. Okay, well, it's okay to bring that down to, to a little, little lower end of that. And that's one of the principles I love about the 80-20 principle is everything's kind of designed for zones. So it's like, okay, if you're not feeling good, slow it down. Mm-hmm. Feeling great, okay, take advantage of that and, and, and pick it up. Not run hard, but... If you're feeling really good today, you've had a little extra rest, and your body says, okay, I can still be conversational pace. I can still talk, and but I'm just having a little bit faster day. Okay, enjoy that day. Mm-hmm. And that's the, that's the advantage that a lot of people, I think, miss is it gives you the flexibility to adjust for what you need at that given time. And inherently, it teaches you to listen more to your body, to listen more to, okay, this isn't feeling right. And ultimately, that's a great skill to learn to adjust based on what your your body's telling you because you can look at a watch, you can look at whatever gadget you're using, but ultimately your body's the one that's going to tell you whether this is too hard or this is too easy. And that's one of the advantages of the program is, is being able to adjust based on your circumstances. Yeah, I, I love that. And, and, you know, just, just that, that reminder that's, that's good for me too. I mean, I need these reminders sometimes as, as well of like the, the technology is, is useful, but you know, what what is my body saying is most important. So just because the heart rate says that, oh, I'm I'm, for me, you know, like like I try to keep it simple. So as long as I'm below a certain number, like I'm good. But just as long, just because I'm below that number, if I'm not feeling good, well, like go even lower, go slower, cut the run off, shut it down for the day, like whatever, like like listen to the body first with with some some maybe some external output or input from the the devices or the, the power meters or whatever you're using. But like, that's not the gospel. Like, that's not the end all be all. Like, what, what is your body telling you? That's always going to be the most important piece of the puzzle. I agree. I absolutely agree. And I think that's one of the, I said, I think that's one thing at each one really does. If you dial it in, it teaches you to listen mm-hmm. because inherently it's, that's what it is. It's about e- running easy. And so then when you learn what easy is, then you can have a better idea of, okay, what's not easy. You know, the, mm-hmm. what what the Steve Saylor and found out when he's doing the research, that's what Matt Fitzgerald is based off of, is a lot of runners, they wanted to run in this middle muddy ground where they weren't running easy, but they weren't running hard either. They were running at, he called it zone X, but it was this kind of this spot between they, they were running too hard, but they weren't running hard enough. Mm-hmm. So they're on this little murky middle ground that has, it has uses in certain workouts, things like marathon pace is for, for some more advanced marathoners or some steady state runs. But for the ma- vast majority of runners, it's not a good spot to be in for your day in day out runs. It's too hard. It overtaxes your body when you're running that little bit extra, but it's not hard enough to any, give you any real benefit for the intense training. Mm-hmm. So that's one of the advantages of the program is teaching you to dial in and not push yourself too much. And if you are going to push yourself, make sure you're pushing yourself for a purpose that's right. going to be beneficial in the long run. Right. Yeah. And, and um, you know, talk about counterintuitive. 
like you get into that zone X too much or that I, that gray area or that meh, that not not fast, not 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 easy or not hard, not easy. Um, that's like plateau territory. You know, you, you might see a little bit of growth there, especially if you're kind of new to running or, or you know, kind of still still in, in that real intense growth phase. But you're going to have a, a hard time seeing a lot of growth and a lot of progress if you just kind of stay there year after year, which then, you know, oh, by the way, for at least for a lot of runners, maybe not for everybody, but for a lot of runners, you know, kind of leads to burnout, leads to like, this kind of sucks. Like I'm not, I, I'm not enjoying it anymore because I'm not seeing any more progress, which is, you know, for, for all of us as runners, I think like that's the last thing we want for anybody because, you know, we all know how much we love the sport and how much we, we appreciate the different things that it brings. And yeah, seeing some of that progress is, is nice too. So yeah, just, yeah, it, it's, it doesn't make sense that going a little bit harder isn't going to be helpful, but it's really not going to be helpful. Exactly. Exactly. So uh, shifting gears as we're getting close to, to wrapping up, Gerald. Um, and, and I don't know why I, I come back to this question on occasion. And I, I always have to preface it with like, I know this is a terrible question because it's a predict the future question. But for, for a guy who loves a good challenge, whether it's marathons, whether it's half fanatics, marathon maniacs, challenges at races that don't even exist, starting a, a coaching business because it's something that you, you enjoy doing. And, and But it's still a challenge to get that type of thing up and off the ground. Um, what's, what's on the horizon in terms of, you know, maybe it's a specific race. Maybe it's something that, uh, is a bigger challenge down the road over the next, you know, six, 12, 18 months, whatever the case might be. But are there any, any big challenges that, that you're willing to, you know, pull back the curtain on and let us in on a, of things that might be on your, on your horizon? Well, I actually have one on the horizon. It's a repeat of a challenge I did this year. I'm going back to Cincinnati, Ohio this year to do their three-way challenge again. Uh, it's the 5k and 10k on Saturday morning as in a half marathon on Sunday, unlike this past year where I totally blew up thanks to weather and just a very bad spring of training, hoping to go back and actually complete and really compete on the challenges again this year. And then if that goes well and I'm doing really well with that, I think I might dip my toe back into the marathon challenges again in 2025 and come back again for the pig marathon only due to four-way which is the 5K and the 10K, and then a full marathon mm. on Saturday, I mean on Sunday. Gotcha. So I kind of, I, I kind of, I fell in love with the Flying Pig Marathon. Shout out to them. It is, if you've never been, find time, come join us. It is a great, great event. And whether you do the 5K, the 10K, the full marathon, the half marathon, if you've got kids, they've got a, a kids 25th mile, 26 mile race where the kids basically. I know it's not like a sales pitch, but the kids <laughs> get, come, come in and they run 25 miles in their local community. And then they run the last mile of their 26 ma- marathon. They're on Saturday morning running the exact same start line, the exact same finish line as everyone else. So it's a great way if you've got kids to get them introduced. If you're a runner who just the kids want to always run with you, they're going to be on the exact same starting area with the exact same start line, the exact same excitement as the adults. They go sort of past that star line, go around, finish the mile, and come across the exact same finish line all the other runners come across. They have a, a flying fur as well where they, if you've got little doggos, bring them down. They can run a little small course with you, and they get their own little medal to go on the collar in addition. They've got the pig abilities race where those who have disabilities, they, have to, they can come down as well. They're going to finish 25 miles at home on their own, whatever they want to, and they come down again, and they'll – tow up the line at the start line at the big huge start line of everyone else and run their mile last mile did the same finish line and the reason i love this race so much one it's only an hour from my house so that's always <laughs> nice to get right? 
Oh, and I forgot. They've also got a one-mile Friday night. I keep forgetting about that one. But for the half marathon and the marathon, both, the entire Cincinnati community comes out and supports this race. Mm-hmm. So you've got your official aid stations about every mile and a half to two miles. But then all along the course, you will have senior communities and apartment communities and college students and just people who are out for the fun of it out there handing out all kinds of snacks and treats and pretty much if you can think of it someone out there is serving it up whether it be bacon on the course whether it be alcoholic beverages their course runs by like two or three different microbreweries they're out there just sampling their wares to the runners so i have one friend one year who the the day before he had completed a marathon in Lexington. So he was just kind of like, eh, I'm just here for fun. He comes in, runs partially through the course, stops around mile 20, grabs him a pint of beer, then goes back out on the course. Mm. But it. it's not, it's, it, it, the thing is, it's not just the fact that, all, but it's the fact that this community comes out and supports it. And that's one of the why I love the challenge down there because it's so conducive to completing a challenge. Unlike the, Air Force Marathon, we've got an, only got an hour to 10K, then you've got to go mm-hmm. finish the race. Right. For the Flying Pig, theirs is more fun in some ways, for me at least. Right. Because you've got two hours to complete your 10K, then you go back out for the 5K. And so it gives you a little bit more freedom to, you don't have to totally toss the legs and then totally burn out another half marathon or marathon. You're only burning out a 5K after that. Which, if you want to race it, great. If you just want to kind of let that be a nice three-mile three, three cool-off run, that's whatever floats your boat. Right. And then Sunday morning you come back and you complete the half marathon or the marathon, and then you're just you – know, so you've got that little bit of time in between before you try the larger distance. Maybe someday, if you know, stars align, I would personally love to go down and complete the, the Dopey Challenge. Mm. But that is a – the, the race is a challenge enough. Putting together all the travel plans for that one is even more of a challenge. Since the race itself is four days, and then you throw in, for me, for me the, the, the day or two of travel time, it's a good week mm-hmm. of competition. And for me right now, I'm just not in a place to be away from my family for an entire week. Right. Right. But who knows what the future holds? That's that's why I hate asking the, the predict the future questions, but it, but it's always it's always nice to hear different things. And I'll tell you what, Gerald, I'm glad you 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 shilled on the uh, the 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 flying pig marathon because I've I've really never heard anything bad about it, but I've never heard it broken down or just in as much detail as about it. And uh, I'll tell you what, that might just have moved to the top of my list in terms of uh, I, I've got a goal to run a marathon in every state, and Ohio is still not on on the uh, the board yet, and that might be the top of the list now for Ohio marathon. So. So stay tuned. I don't know. Maybe maybe we'll we'll plan a meetup at some point after the Flying Pig one of these years because I could I could see myself getting there and doing that. And as for Dopey, yeah, it's it's a whole thing. We used to live uh, just about an hour away, and I've I've done Goofy once and done various Disney races a bunch of times, and they're a lot of fun. But yeah, it's it's a lot of logistics. So hopefully at some point that uh, star can align because that is a good challenge. That is that is for sure. So getting getting to the point of wrapping up, Gerald. Uh, but one one final question for you. Call it the philosophical question. Nothing too nothing too scary, but uh, just kind of open ended way to, to close the conversation. And that's uh, I think I'm going to go with maybe my most popular or the one that I tend to default to the most often when it comes to philosophical questions. That's just the the, the why question. You know, like you started running um, again. You know, to, to to go back to the beginning of the story uh, is part of the grieving process after you, after your mom passed away. Uh, but now here we are, 12, 12-ish years later. 
um, still going strong, obviously added coaching to the mix now. So obviously running is a big part of, of your life, something that, that you still very much enjoy, but, but why, why, why is running so important to you uh, at this point? Uh, and something that I, I as, as I can, you know, if I think I'm putting the dots together, no plans on slowing down anytime soon. No plans whatsoever. For me, the why just comes down to two things. One, I like the way it makes me feel. I like the, 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 feeling of accomplishment, not just physical, but emotionally and psychologically, the feeling of accomplishment, the feeling of, Hey, yeah, I did that. And it, the, the ability to keep focused on something. Okay. If I want to get to here, I have to do this and helps keep me focused. But the other thing too, is the community, the, the people there. I'm very blessed here in the greater Dayton, Ohio area to have an amazing running club. You know, I've actually been involved with the, that club since, 2012 from everything from a simple aid volunteer to for three years, I directed a 10 K for them. And the community is amazing. The amount, the amount of people you find with runners is that are just so accepting, whether it be someone that's been just running for three weeks or someone that's been running for 30 years, Mm. the running community is overall is so open, so inviting, so supportive it's just amazing to be a part of. And I can't imagine my life now without all the different people and friends and connections I've made throughout all the years through this community. And it's, that's my biggest why is the community, the people, they're just amazing. You get no argument from me. And I I don't think too many people would argue with how great the running community is. So uh, I love it, Gerald. Thank you for for sharing that. And uh, y'all, once again, if you enjoyed today's conversation, kind of want, want to, more of what Gerald has to offer, whether from a coaching perspective or just some really good, good stuff on social media as well. Um, runrevcoaching.com is the website at runrevcoaching, all one word on both Instagram and Facebook and also the, the more personal, but still a lot of running stuff at coach underscore runrev underscore Collins. That's on Instagram. Dizruns.com slash 1196. Once again, get you back to the show notes, got some photos, got some links, got all the things as per usual. So get back there. If you're out on the go, want to double check, click some links, make it easy for you. Dizruns.com slash 1196. Uh, Gerald, thanks for, uh, for making the time today. I know you've got, uh, as you mentioned before we got started, but I don't think it mentioned in the, the proper recording. Um, you're heading to a race right after uh, or you're on your way to a race this weekend after the, this call. So, you know, when people are listening to this, that race has already been done, been done, and hopefully it all went well. But uh, thanks for making the time today. Hope you have a great race this weekend. Uh, certainly wish you nothing but the best going forward. And like I said, maybe maybe one of these years at Flying Pig, maybe maybe in the not too distant future. I don't know. I got to talk to the wife on that one. But uh, maybe we can we can meet up and, and uh, have a little chit chat in person as well. But uh, again, appreciate the time today, Gerald, and, and wish you nothing but the best going forward, my friend. Thank you. Same to you. All right, y'all. Thanks so much for taking the time to listen to today's episode of the show. Hope you enjoyed the conversation between Gerald and myself. And as per usual, be curious to know what stood out to you from today's episode. What was your takeaway du jour? Du jour. Um, for me, it, it kind of goes back to, to the early part of the conversation. Actually, credit where it's due. My takeaway today comes from Gerald's mom. Um, but when Gerald was talking about uh, his mom just kind of saying, hey, you know, if there's something that you want to do, figure it out. You know, it might not be easy. It might take a lot of work, but if there's something that you want to do, figure it out. And um, I think that that just resonates with me because it's it's you know if I if I'm honest and I mean you know whatever if we're not going to be honest, what are, what are we even doing here? If I'm going to be honest, you know, there's there's plenty of times that um, there's things that I've wanted to do, but I haven't been willing to put in the work. And that could be running things, it could be podcast things, it could be 
professional things, family things. Like, like, yeah, I mean, that's, that's, uh, sadly something of a, of a common thread. Not that I give up necessarily too early, but sometimes there's just things that I don't go after, even though I kind of would like to, you know, but, but for whatever reason, I don't sometimes maybe justified sometimes not so much. Um, but just, just hearing that, th- those words that, that Gerald shared from his mom and kind of that, that inspiring him to, to really take up running and, and really get into it and, and, and continue to progress and proceed and, and do all the things. Um, I mean, it just, it just, it's good. It's good advice, right? Good moms, moms and their good advice, something, something like that. Um, but that's just, just a good reminder for me to maybe kind of reexamine some of those things in my life. Uh, again, running and otherwise where the things I've wanted to do. But yeah, they're going to take some work and there's going to be some logistics and it might be a stretch and it might be hard and it might, you know, it, there, there's a possibility of failure. Um, but if I don't get started, you know, but you never know, you ne- never know, you never mo- you don't know if you're going to succeed or fail. Um, and, and maybe I just need to have that, have that little giddy up and go and figure it out, figure it out. It's going to be hard, but figure it out. So that was my takeaway today. Just, just that reminder to, to do the work, do the work, figure it out. And you never know, never know what might happen. Um, but what about you? What stood out to you from today's episode? As always, if you're willing to share it, I'd love to hear it at Diz runs on Twitter at Diz runs on Instagram at Diz runs on threads at Diz runs on X. Since I guess that's what we're calling Twitter these days. I don't know. It's still Twitter to me. Um, Diz runs at gmail.com. If you want to shoot an email. And of course, if you want to head over to the show notes for today, Dizruns.com slash 1196. We got a few photos. We got some links to all the things as per usual, including that comment section down there at the bottom of the page. Feel free to Type your takeaways there. Hit that submit button. Share them with the world, uh, but share them with me as well. Appreciate it when you do that. Uh, and of course, if you want to send a carrier pigeon, you know you, you know where to find me. Smoke signal. Send it this way. Uh, we'll get back to you. Whatever whatever method of communication works best for you, uh, we'll we'll do our best to make it work here on this end as well. One last call for the the final surge uh, training plans that I have available. Uh, disruns.com slash plans is the link. Again, they're all heart rate focused. A couple of them are math, more mathatome method, math method, uh, heart rate, uh, sorry, the math half marathon plans. The others are some more introductory and kind of progression through kind of getting into heart rate training. Uh, and more to come, more to come. If there's a certain type of plan that you'd, you'd like to maybe have put together, um, you know, again, it's going to be one size fits all. But if you're like, you know, I, I wouldn't mind getting one of these plans. Uh, if you had it available for marathon distance or for an ultra or whatever, whatever might be something that you'd be interested in, let me know and I'll see what I can do about maybe putting something together. Probably going to be heart rate training focused, so there's going to be that. Um, but, you know, I, I can put some things together and, and if that would be useful to you, let me know. We'll make it happen. Anyway, disruns.com slash plans to see what's available. Keep checking that out for more things to come. And with that, we'll go ahead and wrap this one up, y'all. Thanks for the time. Thanks for the attention. Thanks for taking Gerald and I with you today. Till next time, y'all, be well. Take good care. Thanks again for listening. And uh, we'll talk soon, right? Later, y'all.